The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGP and group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download our SGP and app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome in to yet another episode of the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Rod Villa Gomez. It is Thursday, which means we're back to the NFL. And uh, because I just can't get enough of this guy and I want to keep bringing him back over and over again, uh, I'm bringing Justin Mark back to talk about the NFL. Justin, I know this isn't USFL. We're we're in unfamiliar waters (laughs) here, but I think we can hang with this, right? First true love, NFL. We'll go with that. <laughs> uh, you know, and it is too. And that's the thing about the NFL. For as much as we love all of the underdog leagues and we love all of the ones that just are are fighting to to get a little bit of recognition, uh, yes, the first love was always the NFL. So <laughs> I guess we'll show some love back to them, shall we? Sounds good. Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to continue on with our uh, divisional previews for fantasy purposes. And this week, we're going to turn our attention to the AFC West because that is where some intrigue lay. You know, the last couple of divisions we did with the NFC North, the NFC East, it almost felt like it was a little bit meh. We kind of know what's going to happen here. But now we get to a division where there's all kinds of craziness that has happened over the offseason. And we almost don't know now who's going to walk away with this because you almost could make a case. And I say almost, Justin, because we talked a little bit about this offline. For all four teams making a bid at being the top dog by the end of this year. So one maybe less than others, but the other three still have a shot, yeah? Yeah, it's definitely a very competitive conference. Um, Just if you look at the quarterbacks alone, there's a lot of big names. A lot of big names. And we will begin with one of those big names that just moved to his new location in his new city. That, of course, is Russell Wilson as he finds himself now with the Denver Broncos, moving from Seattle, where it's rainy, to Colorado, where it's snowy. So uh, I don't know how much that's going to affect Russell Wilson in the long run, but I will say that now it just feels to me that Russell Wilson, uh, I guess, has a shot to just maybe exhale a little bit and get the pressure of Seattle. There's a lot of pressure the entire time he was in Seattle to be elite. I I hate that phrase, but I guess there's no other way to say it. Uh, And he proved that he was in that stratosphere every once in a while. But then, you know, we'll let Russ cook. Just all those narratives kind of hampered him as well. So now he's in Denver. A little bit of a different situation there. But Justin, is this an improvement for him? Will he improve this team? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's tough. I was um, against this trade, not because I'm against Russell Wilson. I think he's a very talented quarterback, but for what the Broncos gave up to get him was insane. And so last year, um, had Russ played 17 full games because he did have injuries, 
he would have had 3,780 yards and 30 touchdowns. That's what it would have averaged out to. Teddy Bridgewater, had he played th- uh, the full season, he would have had th- 3,706 yards and 21 touchdowns. So less touchdowns, but the yardage, you're looking at 74-yard difference. Now, I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater and Russell Wilson are on equal playing levels, but does this really improve the fantasy outlook for, say, the Broncos receivers? Um, I think to an extent, just because of his experience and his level of play is a little higher, especially like when you think about his escapability. But I don't know if it's that big of a jump as uh, I think Broncos fans want it to be. It's weird because almost uh, you, you are getting obviously a stellar quarterback who is a veteran of this league and has been for many, many years now. Right. I mean, the name recognition alone is obviously that, yes, you you are upgrading from a name standpoint. But like you were just alluded to, the stats kind of don't back it all the way up. And now would Teddy Bridgewater be that guy consistently? I don't know. That's the only problem. Right. I mean, you, you didn't you didn't get a chance to see it last season play out, nor do you know that it was going to happen again this season. So the unknown of Teddy Bridgewater versus what you know you're going to get in Russell Wilson, you know, so many 4,000 yard seasons. What is that? Four of them right now that I'm looking at. And, and you just know year after year that he's going to perform when given the chance. So to me, I don't know how much he's going to improve this offense year one, maybe given another year. But then again, how long does Russell Wilson have? He's already 34 years old now. And Look, I know Tom Brady's playing well into his 90s, but most quarterbacks don't play until they're buried for 50 years. Uh, Russell Wilson, being the mobile quarterback that he is, may not have a longer, a long enough shelf life to to see this through. So I don't know. It's I got mixed feelings about it. Yeah, I think I think if the receivers are affected any, it's that they traded Noah Fant away in that trade, and he had 90 targets last year. So. Those certainly you would expect are going to go somewhere, um, and I don't think it's going to be their current tight ends, um, Albert O, because I can't say his last name, and Greg Dolrich, Eric Tomlinson. Like those guys aren't on the same level as Fant, so the receivers are going to absorb some of those. He's got the pieces around him that he kind of needs. Now, does he have? Uh, his DK Metcalf and his Tyler Lockett? No, but he's got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, which could be just about as dangerous together as those two were if they're given the opportunity to play with a guy like Russell Wilson. Javante Williams in the backfield, Melvin Gordon still in the backfield. Like The pieces are there fantasy-wise. So, I mean, am I ranking Russ in my top five? Probably not. But he probably will still be a, a quarterback one when it's all said and done for me and, and maybe like a top eight quarterback or even a top 10 so maybe bottom of a top 10 league or a 10 team league yeah i would agree with that for the 10 it this is for me this trade is the hardest one to grade fantasy wise just because you know wilson he does get that change of atmosphere they do have a good really good running game which should help him out um but he does get a bit of a downgrade in receivers and then just looking at the receivers fantasy outlook you know russ is an upgrade but how much of one so as far as all the big trades that happened this offseason and how they affected fantasy football, this one is the toughest one for me. It is. And again, like I said, you really can't. I don't know that I can put him, obviously, in the top five because you've still got guys, three of them in this division alone 
that you could very well argue go in front. And then, of course, you got Tom Brady, who's the perennial one there. And then, you know, Josh Allen, who was in the North. I mean, and then Lamar Jackson. So you you see how he slips on this list just by even counting off all of these guys on your on your fingers as you go. Uh, talk about his receivers. Yeah, he's got Jerry Judy, right? Jerry Judy, 856 yards in his rookie year, three touchdowns, but he didn't have anybody really to, to give him the ball at that point. So he very easily probably could have had 1,000 yards if he had a, a decent quarterback like Russell Wilson in that. 467 last year obviously was injured. So what does this do for Jerry Judy? I mean, we talked about a downgrade in receivers, but this could very well be an upgrade for Jerry Judy in what he can do this season. Absolutely. I think if they can kind of replicate the success that Russ had with Judy Phil in that Tyler Lockett role, um, he's kind of a speedy guy like Lockett is, and then Sutton kind of filling the DK Metcalf, taller receiver, um, your possession type guy. Now, I don't think Sutton is on the same level as Metcalf, but I do think Sutton is a talented receiver. So I think if they can kind of um, replicate the success he had with those guys, it's going to help both those receivers. It's going to lift the value of Judy and Sutton. Yeah, and so let's talk about Tim Patrick, who just kind of falls on the outline. He's he's one of those guys where he's a wide receiver three in, I guess, name and, and by designation. But he had 734 yards last year. Not a bad season for the guy. Five touchdowns. He's pretty consistent uh, over the last couple of years. 742 yards, six touchdowns last year. So, um, you know, we talk about the big two in Judy and Sutton. But a guy like Tim Patrick and Russell Wilson, who can dish the ball around, Right, I mean, he's not shy about get. Well, I say that, but obviously Metcalf and and uh, uh, Tyler Lockett dominated the the target share in Seattle. But I don't think they had a wide receiver three like Tim Patrick. So, uh, are we are we looking at flex value here for Tim Patrick going forward? And and where would you even want to take him in your draft? Yeah, I, I you know I think he's a mid round sleeper. If you look at last year, he actually led the receivers in fantasy points. Now I know Judy was injured. For part of the year but Sutton played the whole year um and they also had Kendall Hitton who played the whole year um and a couple other guys there but yeah he led the team in fantasy football points for receivers so now you add Russell Wilson in there and sure Judy will be back but that to me that's a lot of sleeper value because you got to think of all these receivers they're just on square one with their new quarterback right so nobody's favored yet nobody has the edge except for talent wise of course and Tim Patrick, he's not not a talented guy. So um, he's definitely somebody I would look in the mid-round, take a flyer on him, and uh, hope that he's a flex, but maybe ends up putting up wide receiver two numbers. And that's where I was going with that. I mean, 700, 700 yards plus in back-to-back seasons is not a fluke. You know, you're, you're a solid receiver if you can do something like that, given the absolute disaster that's around you at quarterback uh, year after year. Okay, maybe not disaster, but the the not the less than favorable position at quarterback that you're in year after year. So yeah, I mean, I I would give Tim Patrick a flyer opportunity if you see him in the later rounds. If if people are kind of sleeping on him, uh, you know, and you're you're kind of debating on him or maybe like a second tight end, I I grab Tim Patrick. Yeah, because if you're not a hardcore fantasy football player or Bronco fan. Who's going to look at Tim Patrick and think, oh, yeah, that guy's really good. You know, those numbers are a little deceiving when you look at it and see that he had the most points for them last year, fantasy wise. 
Yep. I mean, it's it's an interesting situation, as is their running back situation, who they have Javante Williams, almost 1,000 yards, in his rookie year, four touchdowns. Uh, does the addition of... Russ knows good running backs, so is this a good de- deal for Javante Williams, or does Melvin Gordon still kind of sneak in and, and steal some of this thunder? You know, I think he does. I think they kind of, as far as rushing goes, they kind of step on each other. Um, but Russ does like to target running backs and Javante Williams is pretty effective out of the backfield. Um, you know, 53 targets last year, 43 receptions for 316 yards, nothing jumping off the page. But again, if you get a guy like Russ who knows how to target, knows how to get their running back into space, um, I, I think he, that could be a good value for Williams. But when you look at it too, I mean, this is this is borderline running back one for both of these guys because Melvin Gordon still had 918 yards himself last season. So, you know, uh, these running backs got a lot of, of carries and I wonder if that happens again this season or 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 will Russ Cook, I guess is really what what this ends up being. To cook or not to cook and what does that do to the running backs is is really what you need to be keeping an eye on especially through training camp, you know, to see what kind of uh, relationships he works out with his receivers and and whether or not this looks like it's going to be an opportunity for the running backs to get like 1,700 combined yards in rushing again in 2022. Yeah, and I honestly think the best way to let Russ cook is to start running the ball, run it early, run it often, get that run game going, and uh, make the defense key up on that because if they're keying up on the run, that opens a whole nother level for Russ. Yeah. And he needs that kind of support too, especially nowadays. And I think that's, you know, as good as he was in Seattle, I almost feel like somebody just needs to kind of reassure him that you're a good boy, Russell. You're good. (laughs) You can do this. Uh, All right. Let's turn our attention to the Los Angeles Superchargers coming into this season with, again, one of the red-hot quarterbacks in the league. I mean, Justin Herbert, you just can't say enough good things about the guy. Just year after year, killing it for, I mean, he's a young kid. I say year after year, but still. 5,000 yards last year, 38 touchdowns, only 15 interceptions. I mean, I'm sure that number should be lower, but, you know, obviously one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Unfortunately, they did not finish uh, in the top two in their division, but... Still not a bad season at nine and eight for what they were able to do. And and look, Justin Herbert, top five, top three, top one in some instances going off the board. So there's almost no analysis needed of Justin Herbert. If you want him, you got to get him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent first name, first of all. Um, <laughs> finished second in fantasy points at quarterback last year. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I don't think there's any slowing down. I think he's only going to continue to progress. He was one of my favorite guys to kind of go after in dynasty leagues last year. Um, and that's not going to change. He's somebody that I'm going to continue to go after because not only is he really talented, but he's got a lot of talent around him. Yeah. And this is one of those quarterbacks where if you're, if you're one of the believers in waiting till round 10, you better get comfortable with not having uh, Justin Herbert on your roster. That's really all there is to it. Like you have to figure out yourself where you feel comfortable taking a quarterback because chances are he's not lasting past the third round in a redraft. Cause there's a lot of folks that grab guys like, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen almost immediately. And Justin Herbert's going to fly off the board right after that. So figure out where you want to take him because that's, that's where you're going to have to take him. 
Yeah, for sure. And his strength of schedule is averaging around 11 of the ones that have been released. Um, out of 32, the lower the number, the better. So, um, you know, on the, the right side of the half of strength of schedule. So that's going to help too. What's crazy though, is you look at the receivers that he's got. And I mean, you know, <laughs> to throw for 5,000 yards with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, obviously Austin Eckler kind of factors into that mix a little bit, but you know, now you look at his receiving core and you've got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen. Sure. But you got Josh Palmer. You got Jalen Guyton, you got Michael Brandy, you know, the names aren't necessarily all-star names after the two of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, so, and Palmer actually did show flashes of, of greatness last season, so, is it, can, can, I guess the question now is, is can Herbert throw for another 5,000 yards with this receiving core still? I mean, I think you got at least 2,000 with Williams and Allen, as long as they stay healthy. Um, Keenan Allen continues to, just everywhere you see like football rankings and fantasy projections, it seems like he's continuously slept on. Like nobody's looking at him as a, a top guy, but he is a top guy in my opinion. Um, yeah, he finished 15th last year. That's still really good, you know, and he didn't, he missed one game, I think. But um, when you look at those guys and then if they get Guyton and Palmer and like you said, Eckler um, involved I think he can do it again for sure. It's crazy because he had 1,138 yards last season. Keenan Allen, the ghost of Keenan Allen, he's going on 30 years old, which we know for receivers is kind of getting up there a little bit. It's, And yet it still doesn't feel like he's that old, to be honest with you. Like I always think of Keenan Allen, and I just think how young he perennially is and, and continues to get slept on. 1,100, like I said, 1,138 yards, six touchdowns, 150, or I'm sorry, 106 receptions on 157 targets. So, you know, Keenan Allen is that borderline wide receiver one, end of the wide receiver one, beginning of the wide receiver two category. Mike Williams, 1,146 yards. He missed two games, obviously. Or um, he missed one game, rather. He started 14 of them. 76 receptions, nine touchdowns. So both of these guys, you know, are obviously with a quarterback like Justin Herbert are going to be in the wide receiver one back end and top wide receiver two conversations uh, going into the, the redraft season. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm in a, a redraft league every year. It's a competitive league, and I can consistently get Keenan Allen in the fourth round. And it amazes me every time. It's like fourth round comes around. I already have two running backs and a wide receiver normally. And it's like Keenan Allen's still there. What the hell? And it, But I don't complain, you know, because I love having him on my team. He consistently puts up the numbers. And and again, that's if you can get him in the fourth round, that is an absolute steal for a guy like Keenan Allen. Um, you look at some of what he did last season. Game one, he had 100 yards. Game two, he had 100 yards. Game eight, he had 100 yards. Uh, game So another 100-yard game, that's 400-yard games, which, you know, like I said, is not necessarily, it's not going to make headlines every single week. But you have a game like uh, he did in week five with 75 yards, 77 yards in week seven, 98 in week nine. 85 in week 11 is consistent production from a guy and that's all you can ask for in a receiver in the national football league especially if you're getting him at wide receiver three flex uh, price and right now uh looking at strength of schedules the seventh easiest schedule for wide receivers so um you know these receivers should flourish again well like i said with a guy like uh like Justin Herbert throwing him the ball. Yeah, I mean, 5,000 yards, they're going to go somewhere. And 
we they always say touchdowns are fluky, right? Well, if you're basically relying on yardage and you have a thousand yard receiver, why would you end up sleeping on him, you know, at all? So, yeah, give me give me Keenan Allen. I I, I wanted to take a deeper dive on Keenan Allen because he is like we just said one of those guys that people sleep on year after year, but you can grab him in that third, fourth round and just be thanking your stars and maybe even getting to a fantasy championship as a result. For sure. So Austin Eckler, I don't really feel like we need to do much evaluation on Austin Eckler. Obviously, we know that he is the lead back there. I Injury, are you scared, Justin? I know he's been injured a couple of times already, but I mean, it could happen to anybody, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he's one that I worry about getting re-injured. Um, and he's just, he's talented and he catches the ball out of the backfield a lot. So if you're in a PPR league, he's he's definitely a top five for me. I think he finished second in fantasy points among running backs in a PPR league last year. Um, and that was with missing a game. Um, and if he does the same thing he did last year, last year, if you had him on your team and you won, you screenshot it, you post it to Twitter or Instagram, and he picks somebody to win his jersey. I'm still waiting to win, so I'll probably draft him again just for that. <laughs> Austin Eckler, come on. I know you listen to the show. I know you have your – you love fantasy, man. That, and that's that's what DJs and fantasy players want is somebody that loves fantasy and loves your fantasy team. For sure. Uh, so he is basically, yeah, I mean, the third, his ADP is going at, at, at number three and, and number two even in a PPR, so – uh, yeah, this is this is something that if you want Austin Eckler, but for me, if I'm going this high with a guy like Austin Eckler, he better produce for me. <laughs> that's the, that's all I'm saying because if I want to spend that much draft capital, as the kids are saying, on a guy like Melvin Gordon, I want him to produce for me week after week, and uh, it's 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 sometimes difficult to expect that out of somebody, but. You know, he he did a you know, he did enough 918 yards. We were talking about with Melvin Gordon and and Javante Williams that being a good number. Uh, you kind of want to see that higher for Austin Eckler, but you know, when you got a quarterback throwing for 5000 yards, kind of hard to to get yourself in a running position at that point. For sure. And he did have 647 receiving yards. So that's where I think he really adds the value over those other two. Though I know Javante Williams is pretty good out of the backfield. Um Eckler definitely they they kind of key that offense around being able to get him the ball in open space so we look around and we look at the tight end position there and now we see Gerald Everett and we see Donald Parham uh what we don't see is their tight end from last season uh when Jared Cook so now this is I, I don't know how much I want to trust Gerald Everett Justin because he just doesn't feel like the kind of guy that is going to get me a fantasy championship. But then again, you know, you know our our love for the XFL's Donald Parham, right? The world champion, or he wasn't actually the world champion, but he was he was close. He played on in Dallas. Um, but yeah, we love Donald Parham. But even still, I don't think he's going to get the opportunity to prove that he's the best tight end in that group either. So, as a position, I feel like staying away from this. Yeah, agreed. I think Everett kind of ends up with Jared Cook-like numbers from last year, which is around 564 receiving yards. Um, Parham is much better of a first touchdown bet than he is a put him on your fantasy football team. Yeah, it, it's frustrating. I want Donald Parham to do well. I really do, but I don't see. I draft him in almost every single one of my leagues, just holding on hope <laughs> that somebody will figure out that Donald Parham is a 
uh, really good starting caliber tight end in the in the National Football League. Guy's a beast. He's tall. He can catch touchdown passes. What more do you want out of a tight end? For sure. So, well, whatever. I I'm, I don't know that I'm going to bang the drum enough for a Donald Parham to make it uh, to make it stick. So, I'm a little sad, but it will. <laughs> All right, come back from the break. We got two other teams to break down. A little more interesting stuff going on with these ones as well. Uh, some new names, some new faces going on, uh, and we'll do all that after the break. Let's talk about Win. Make sure to get down on Win's bet fifty dollars to win two hundred dollar promotion, where a fifty dollar bet qualifies you for up to two hundred dollars in free bets. Do you want the ultimate fantasy football experience? I know you do. Bet five hundred dollars or more on sports or casino before July thirty first of twenty twenty two, and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Go ahead and get in as many times as you want because multiple entries are allowed. You also can party with. DJ Diesel, all users who bet $100 on NBA or casino, you could be entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel, aka Shaq O'Neal, performance at the Encore Beach Club at night, as well as meet and greet with DJ Diesel this summer. You can also win a golf trip to win Las Vegas, and if you bet $100 on Thursday through Sunday, you can get into the U.S. Open and earning an entry into a prize drawing where you can, a guest, will receive a complimentary round of golf at Win Club and a two-night stay at Win Las Vegas. There's so much to choose from, as you couldn't already tell. And all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to chain terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players, including myself, including Justin, including most of us here at the SGPN. And you probably already have a fantasy league on there. It is a game changing product, unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper by playing their new over under game. It is super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Pick the over under. For example, number of points in basketball, hits in baseball. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. Main reason I'm excited about the over under game, if you couldn't already tell, on Sleeper, it's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and we can play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. So stop whatever you're doing right now. Unless you're driving, don't do not do that. Download the Sleeper app to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone by joining our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Sleeper's going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad. Get the 100% deposit bonus match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Gentlemen, Father's Day is right around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 includes their signature lawnmower 4.0. It's a perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod 
will thank you. But wait, there's more! Manscaped just launched their brand new Boxers 2.0, and dare I say, they are the best boxers ever. We all know dads love their comfort. I know I love my comfort. I am a dad too. With summer just around the corner, Boxers 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. You can get 20% off right now and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code SGP. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. What is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. Cost you less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know? Now, browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy. That's right. Without added security, you may as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, or ISP and other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is literally that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed. So your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP. Use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Two down, two to go in the AFC West as we break down for you all of the fantasy goodness that lay within that division. And we started off with two heavy-hitting teams with uh, a couple of new... Well, I mean, one had new changes. The other one didn't necessarily have a whole lot of change. But these next two are a little bit different than they started out with last season and ended the season. Uh, but we'll begin with the Las Vegas, I almost said Los Angeles, Las, the Oakland, <laughs> them, their Raiders uh, of, of wherever they're laying their, their hats right now. And the Raiders, we know, have gotten one gigantic new addition. Uh, but before we dive into who uh, will be catching the ball, let's talk about who Devontae Adams will be uh, throwing the ball, and that's Derek Carr again. Derek Carr quietly been a quarterback that people love to pick on, but produces year after year. And I mean, I don't know what he's got to do to be accounted as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Maybe win a couple of playoff games, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, Derek Carr, statistics are there. It just doesn't feel like he gets the love that he deserves. Not at all. I mean, if you look at his stats last year, he threw for 4,804 yards. 
Just in comparison, Patrick Mahomes, who people love to love, threw for 4,839. Same amount of games. So, um, and that's not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. That's just Derek Carr is good. And then you look at like, you break down his receivers and you think, how did he get to 4,804 yards? He had one receiver over 1,000. The rest are around 500s. So it's crazy um, how he can do so much with not that much support around him. And I'm really excited to see what he can do when he is reunited with his Fresno State college teammate, Devontae Adams. Got a soft spot right there for both of those guys. <laughs> a little Fresno State Bulldog action. Look, man, four straight 4,000-yard seasons. I mean, that that just doesn't happen accidentally. You have to have talent to be able to consistently throw for 4,000. And just like you said, with almost nobody. I mean, Darren Waller two years ago was his leading receiver, his leading pass catcher as a tight end. So if your tight end is is leading your team in receiving yards and basically receive everything receiving, I, you're, you're doing something with almost nothing. So now he gets Devontae Adams. Now he gets the perennial 1,000-yard receiver at his disposal, which could open up Hunter Renfro a little more. You know, Waller, hopefully a healthy Waller, makes his way back into it. You know, uh, ooh, you know those two are going to be fighting for for some sort of um, purchase for from Derek Carr, him and Waller. So, I mean, Derek Carr's situation has improved. That is for sure. Oh, and I think defense they have to look at that, right? You have to respect to a guy like Adam because of talent, and they're going to open the field up more for Darren Waller. Um, so, I I think this affects all of them Carr, adams and waller positively it's dangerous to have waller now not necessarily double covered as much as he was right because everybody's going to be respecting uh Devontae adams and his speed and what he brings to the table but you let a guy like darren waller just sort of roam around on you he's going to make you pay and i i have a feeling that Derek carr is going to enter this season very much more comfortable than he has in the past look back at what kind of teams he's been on right his first year three uh three and 13 seven and nine he finally got to 12 and three in 2016 only to fall back down to six and nine the year after four and 12 after that seven and nine eight and eight finally last season they put together a 10 and set uh 10 and seven record but you got to think that this is not enough for them now I feel like they've built around him enough to where this is this is the team that they either need to win with now or, or there's going to be a lot more questions when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, one other thing that makes his numbers impressive, he had three receivers, that's including tight ends, that played all 17 games. Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones, and Foster Moreau. Everybody else was injured here and there. And aside from Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones and Foster Moreau don't exactly scare you or boast your your talent as a quarterback. So it's just amazing he's been able to do what he has done. I, I think this is going to really help him turn the corner, and I think he will prove himself now. Um, and I do see them putting up a, a, a good season, even though they are in a very competitive division. So we talked about where these quarterbacks rank within the division and Derek Carr has got to be right underneath Justin Herbert if we're really and and Patrick Mahomes if we're talking because obviously he's going to go Mahomes. Uh, you, you, it's silly to say that Mahomes is up here at number one every season, and we'll talk about him anyways. But like, yeah, it's going to go probably go Mahomes. Uh, and and to me, the battle is on between Herbert and and uh, and Carr. I don't know how much more. 
Devontae Adams gives Carr, but yeah, I mean, you look at the receiving core for the Raiders, I like it better than the receiving core for the Chargers overall because now you talk about adding Demarcus Robinson and Keelan Cole into the mix. I mean, not that these guys are gangbusters, but Demarcus Robinson was overshadowed a lot in Kansas City anyways. Couldn't necessarily do much with Kelsey and Hill above him. Uh, and, and when he did produce, he produced well. Keelan Cole, eh, I mean, he's going to be a good kind of bailout guy I suppose if, if Derek Carr is looking around for somebody that needs to get bailed out I don't think he's going to be that much of a huge contributor but better than not right better than the, the the fifth guy on the list for the Chargers yeah absolutely don't kick me off the show for saying this but my rankings for just this year based on the team around them I have Carr Herbert Mahomes then Wilson hey I like it. I mean, again, it's a bold take, but somebody's got to say it at this point, right? I mean, you know that Mahomes is that that perennial good guy, but it's more often than not, like he'd lose you weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like the the performances that he turned, the bad performances were bad. The good performances, may, it just on paper, when you averaged it all out, it came out to be a good season. But you look at the game log and it was like bad game, bad game, good, good, super game, another bad game. So, you know, Take what you will out of. I want consistency. When I look at when I try to draft players, I'm looking at the game logs. I'm not just looking at the box score, the total box score at the end. I'm looking at the game logs. I want to see the guys that are giving me the consistent amount of points week in and week out. And that's kind of what Derek Carr ended up doing too for uh, for us last season um, on his way to his 4,800 yards. You'll have to save that soundbite of me so we can put it in either the best or the worst calls at the end of the season. <laughs> I am marking off that time code. I mean, but just look at what Derek Carr did. He only had one, two games where he did not throw a touchdown all season long. He had at least one touchdown in every single game and two in the first four uh, before he didn't throw any. And then he followed those up with two more games of two touchdowns. So did he ever get three or four? No, but he kept giving me consistent yardage and consistent uh touchdowns 300 yard games all over the board like his lowest output was 196 on the season uh, i'm sorry 186 and that was the last game but that was the last game they didn't even need you know so yeah it was just i want consistency so give me consistency i'm okay with Derek carr i love the players around him now let's talk about the the running backs josh jacobs and Kenyon drake come back this was a backfield that i thought josh jacobs would have a lot more um success in Granted, it wasn't bad, but you know, he's another one of those guys where people just don't like to like him. I'm one of those people. For some <laughs> reason, I'm always a little down on Jacobs. You know, I, I don't like drafting him, um, and I don't know why. Because it's not that he's a bad player, right? He's he's a good player. Um, he just, you know, he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield too often. I don't think they necessarily utilize him the best. Um, especially in the red zone, you know, you don't see them handing it to him uh, a whole heck of a lot when they're inside the 10, um, because they do kind of focus on the pass. So I don't think he's a bad player. He just, he's somebody that I kind of end up avoiding usually. Well, okay. I will give you an example of what I talked about as far as consistency sake, right? I mean, with, with Josh Jacobs, he can give you a game like in week 15 where he carried the ball 27 times for 120, 129 yards, or he can give you a game like week nine where he gives you seven carries for 16 yards, right? I mean, 
there's no consistency in there. So, yeah, it hurts. Nine carries for 24 yards, followed by 11, 15 carries for 52 yards. So this is a classic example of the box score not necessarily showing you exactly what kind of consistency uh, you can expect out of a guy. So um, you want you want a case in point <laughs> that happened right immediately. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. As a football player, I very much like Josh Jacobs overall. But, yeah, as a fantasy player, he definitely is somebody that uh, – you just want to kind of toss out the window. <laughs> yeah. And his position rank was 16 last year, which isn't bad, but you know, a lot of people look at him as their RB one, um, you know, maybe the RB two. And I just, sometimes he's not living up to that. He's more of your, your flex play, you know, on the, the, like you just read in week nine or whatever, when he had 16 yards, that's not even good for a flex play. Now, now, and and Kenyon Drake's not any better. I mean, you just look at the 254 yards he had rushing last time. He was just, and he didn't play for the last what from week 13 on. So, and when he did, his best output was 14 carries for 69 yards. Uh, not not a stellar day. He got in the end zone on that one, but yeah, I mean, it's a rough go at running back. But if you're going to take, um, I guess a, a running back two or maybe even a, a flex down the road, then Josh Jacobs might be it. Or you just pass on him all together. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really not a tough, tough situation if you want to pass on him. Uh, Darren Waller is Darren Waller. I mean, there, I, again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Darren Waller because obviously one, our time's up and two, I don't got to tell you to draft Darren Waller, right? Yeah, no, he's, he's just automatic top five, maybe top three tight end. Um, again, like I said, I think Adams on the team opens it up even more for him to get involved because the defense won't just focus on him. Um, one name before we move on to kind of look at in your deeper leagues, probably deeper, um, especially dynasty leagues, Zamir white, the running back out of Georgia. I think he's going to end up getting involved and overtake Kenyon Drake's spot at least. And um, he's somebody I'm kind of looking at towards, you know, the end of the draft. Not a lot of people are looking at him because he is RB three on their depth chart right now. So Kind of give him a look in your deeper leagues, especially Dynasty. All right, good name. there. See, this is why you listen. You find the gems, <clears throat> the hidden gems. Speaking of hidden gems, Kansas City's going to have to find a lot of them if they want to try to <laughs> replicate their success. I'm not saying that they're going to be a team on the wane, but Justin, you got to figure that losing a guy like Tyreek Hill just stings, especially, okay, say what you will about Juju, but Tyreek is obviously one of the better receivers, the more explosive receivers in the league. And Juju, maybe three quarters of a Tyreek Hill. So, you know, it, it's what what do we do now? What does this do to Patrick Mahomes? Uh, really, this season, and we already saw what it did in your rankings as far as where you put him in just the division. So tell me then what that does for your uh, opinion of him heading into 2022 overall. Yeah, and so Patrick Mahomes is still Patrick Mahomes. He's still going to make those freak throws and you know pull touchdowns out of who knows where when he's running around scrambling like crazy. Um, but he is scrambling around like crazy too often. I don't feel like they did enough to address that in the offseason, and then they get rid of one of the targets that he normally liked to go to when he was running around like crazy. Him and Tyreek were on a very good level where if it became your backyard football, so to speak, and Hill was the guy that he went to. And Hill was also, you know, he's great at the yak, the yards after the catch. No offense to Juju. I think Juju is a good player, but he's not on that same level as Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have the same speed or that same shiftiness. 
Well, you're going to have to go into the draft knowing where you want it. Just a, lot, a lot like we said with Herbert, you're going to have to go into the draft knowing where you feel comfortable taking Mahomes. Right now on Sleeper, he's going at quarterback number two and pretty much 27th overall in a redraft uh, a situation where it's not a super flex. So, yeah, I mean, if you if you want him and you see a quarterback go off the board that is not him, you know the next quarterback that's going to be picked is him. So wherever you're at in the draft, you have to either make a change in what you thought you were going to do to grab him, or you're just going to have to be the first one to grab him because you know you're, he's not going to swing back around to you in those later rounds. He's not going to be a, a guy that you can wait on in, in even round five or round six if you really even wanted to wait that long. So, um, yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, it's just a matter of preference at this point because you know he's going to go off the board and it's do you want him or do you not, uh, really, is what it boils down to. But uh, the fact that Tyreek Hill is gone now gives it to Juju. You were talking about Juju. Why Why are we trusting Juju? Why is everybody now saying that Juju is, is better because now he's got a better quarterback? But he had Ben Roethlisberger, who Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he was a shell of his former self, but still a decent enough quarterback to make him even remotely attractable or attractive attractive in free agency right yeah no i agree i i don't think juju taking over tyreek's spot makes him a plug and play there um and a lot of people are approaching it that way and yeah i think he's gonna have maybe some upside but I, for me he's not a wide receiver one i'm not sure if i'm looking at him as a wide receiver two it probably depends on the matchup that that week basically um but they, they have a tough strength of schedule for wide receivers too so um they're 24th worst out of 32nd so you know i think these receivers are going to struggle a little bit anyways patrick mahomes is more familiar with Nicole hardman um than he is juju and i think that'll come into play and then of course they really like to target travis kelsey too so i i don't think juju is going to be as good as some people are selling him to be now, and really, you also look at what he's got, too, in MVS, Josh Gordon. Uh, okay, Josh Gordon. But even still, I mean, I, I keep I keep hoping for a Josh Gordon bust out of the century game again and a year again. I, I, I have a soft spot for Josh. I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but I just want him to have a good year. But MVS, it's not like MVS is going to put up Tyreek Hill numbers either. So I think between the three of them, you get a, a, a wide receiver one. And look, you got to figure, too, that Juju's been hurt the last couple of years. You know what I'm saying? Last season, obviously, didn't play a lot. Uh, the season before that hurt. Season before that hurt. The last time that he was a legit wide receiver one, in my opinion, was in 2018 when he had 1,426 yards, seven touchdowns, 111 catches. You know, that was the last time I think we could have made a case that Juju Smith is in that upper echelon of receivers. Yeah, agreed. If I'm drafting anybody in this wide receiver core, it's Sky Moore just because of the upside of a rookie play. And hopefully, you know, he becomes one of the number one targets and kind of really gets on the same page with Mahomes. Sky Moore is one of those big dynasty names, too, that people are, are, are targeting because he very much could be the next Tyreek Hill. Who knows? There's a lot of a lot of hype around him and what he can add to the, to the equation. Not to say that he's going to be a Jamar Chase right out of the box, but... Eh. I mean, it could happen. We, just, we didn't know Jamar Chase was going to be Jamar Chase right out of the box. So who knows which rookie is going to step up this season. And I think if you're giving me quarterbacks with, with good, we talked about this on the, the prop cast too a while back. Go back and find that uh, when we talked about rookie receivers and their, their receiving yards. Of all the unknowns, 
Sky Moore is probably the biggest one because it could be that he benefits the most from having, you know, the guys around him that he's got around him, or he could just fade into the background and just be another one of those, um, Nicole, well, actually, Nicole Hardman from a couple of years ago when he just sort of disappeared, or Demarcus Robinson for that matter. Yeah, for sure. And if you if you haven't you know been deep into college football, because I know Sky Moore, he played for Western Michigan, so he's not the guy that's on your your big channels all the time. But very talented guy. You know, he's a guy that can make stuff happen in open space, can get those big plays. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. So let's take a look at that running back situation because that to me is where I think more than the receiving woes that they have there this is where the most confusing stuff starts to happen because we've got ceh who by all rights and accounts should still be their their number one back their their lead back the guy that they trust the most but then they've still got now uh in the backfield along with them ronald jones who they picked up out of tampa bay who always tries to make a bid to be a number one running back wherever he's at. And then they brought back Jarek McKinnon, who obviously they relied on a lot down the stretch to to do well for them, and he, he came through. A lot of people thought he was going to be going, but he, stick, he stuck around with the crew. And then they've got Derek Gore, who... Again, not a flashy name and not somebody who's, who's going to really jockey for that first uh, running back position. But you've got four solid backs in that backfield and you know that Kansas City loves to mix it up and 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 throw you for a loop. So how much Justin as a fantasy player are we even putting any stock in any of these guys? Yeah, uh just being honest, I am not. Um you ever have those running backs or any player I guess fantasy wise that you just you try to avoid them, you don't like them, but you really can't say why? That's Clyde Edwards-Alaire for me. I Since day one when he was drafted there, I just did not think that he was going to be what they needed. Um, and he's somebody that I always avoid. And, you know, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't won you your leagues. So um, I'm happy that I've avoided him. But I, I can't really explain it. He's just somebody that I have never been on board with. You can't draft him as an RB2. You just can't. Like, there's uh, last season, that's where a lot of people were trying to take him was in that RB2 category because they thought, well, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot of value in that running back position, uh, only to find out that there kind of wasn't that much value in that running back position because you never know if it was, uh, was it Daryl uh, Williams, right? Daryl Williams or Clyde Edwards Alaire or whatever. Uh, you just never knew from, from week to week. And I really, as a, as, a running back in a standard league on sleeper right now is ADP is at 25 as a running back 25. And he's, he's about 61 overall in a, in a standard and 62 in a PPR. So not that far off, but ah, that's, that's like flex range there, but even still, I don't know that that seems too rich for my blood. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, if you're a chiefs fan or just an Edward Delaire fan, you're going to say, well, he missed seven games last year. He only started 10, um, if you average out the his yardage that he put up, that still would have only been 878 yards. So he still wouldn't have cracked 1,000 yards. He would have had around seven touchdowns. Um, you, you just you shoot for more than that, obviously. Well, you want way more than that out of, out of an RB2, especially if that's where you, you got him or where you wanted to. Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay, and let's let's just touch really quick on, on Ronald Jones as far as what he's going to do to Clyde Edwards-Alaire because, you know, Ronald Jones didn't really even catch that many passes, uh, obviously, for Tampa either. So the value that he brings to that backfield, 
really is it just a change of pace are we are we just seeing that this may be a battle a, a battle for rb1 heading into the season because it wasn't like ronald jones was even getting that much love in tampa last season anyways it was all leonard fournette uh jones ended with 428 yards and and his best game of the season basically came in week 15 uh, with with fournette hurt 20 carries 65 yards and a touchdown so it wasn't even uh, a back-breaking game for anything to say the least yeah, agreed. So, and that's exactly why I'm avoiding this back this backfield. Um, McKinnon's going to be your pass catching back. Edwards Hilaire will probably be your first down back, and then Ron Jones is probably going to be your short yardage goal line back. But he'll he will probably split that some with Edwards Hilaire too. So they're going to be stepping all over each other as far as fantasy points go. Now that may equal good success overall for the Chiefs in their run game, but as a fantasy manager, it's not something you can rely on. I'm staying completely away from this backfield. There is no part of the Chiefs' backfield that I want. I'll let somebody else have that headache. I say that every season where I talk about players. I'll, I'll let you have the CEH headache, the Ronald Jones headache, even the Jarek McKinnon headache. I'll let you have all of that because I don't want to be figuring out from week to week where I'm going to start these guys. So have at you. That's not me. CEH yeah. is just, he's one of those guys when he gets drafted by somebody in my league, I just snicker. It's like, ah, fun. <laughs> Uh, I took him like as as my first overall pick two years ago when he was a rookie. And I missed that. That was dumb. I, I may have been a little bit inebriated at that point, so we'll just. Uh, I know uh, to begin the draft, I was already yeah. That's that's what it was. That's the way to do it. Uh, all right. Well, I think we thoroughly broke down the AFC West for folks, and hopefully gave you guys some good fantasy insight on what to expect out of the the division itself. So, Justin, before we head out, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, jmarkfootball, or SGPN website and app. All over the place. No more USFL, so like we said, it's going to be all NFL from here on out. So those of you who have stuck with us through the USFL season, thanks so much for that. Hopefully you enjoyed yourself. Hopefully you played a little and, and won your championship by the time you listen to this. Uh, a lot of fun to be had there. So, um, for sure. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Gomez. Follow the SGPN channel at SGPN on Fantasy. Make sure to look for everything we've got going on. As the offseason starts to come to a close and we wind down into the beginning of the NFL fantasy football season. Lots of stuff going on here at the SGPN. Look for it on the website. Subscribe to the SGPN app. And of course, as always, let it ride. It's our shield and cows.